I would like to get in on the ground floor on a social <laughs> media platform where I can really, I don't think there's a social media platform that really satisfies everything that I want. So uh, that's why I'm not very good at it. Or I'm, that's why, uh, I don't know. I've been liking the uh, Instagram videos. So those are, those are satisfying some itches for me. They are. And I think the so idea, easy and instant. The idea of the social media that satisfies all of Calvin's whims is a topic for another day. (laughs) (laughs) We can't do it. All right, Jer, we got we got some stuff to cover. Yeah, good every, grief. First and foremost, stuff. welcome to the Open Road Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Calvin, here with my good friend Jeremy, where we try and bring you into our lives, interview a cool friend, guest, and uh, you know, talk about adventure, what that really looks like, and maybe sometimes doesn't look like. Yeah, what does it look like to add a little more to your everyday, where whatever mundane place you might find yourself in, is there just a way to break through the normalcy and have an exciting, adventurous, and fulfilling life? And we talk about those things from our perspective and hear the perspectives of others. So thanks for joining us, whoever you might be listening out there. Jared, you know, when we talked last week, you said that you did some weird thing in your yard. And just yes. kind of out of rain. And I was thinking about that. And I was like, that's so weird. Why would he do that? And then I was uh, out today and I was like, you know, something weird that I haven't done in a long time is run as fast as I humanly can. <laughs> When's the last time you ran, like just ran as oh, fast as you could? It's been a Probably while, not but I remember. a long time. And I remember having that exact thought. I'm like, how fast can I run? I haven't tested yes. this out in a long time. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And so so what, did you just book it down your street? No, I didn't. So I was planning on doing this. I was like working away out of out of place, and I was like, "Oh, there's nobody here, and there's this big field." And I so I paced out 100 meters, and like in the morning, I was like, "All right, I'm gonna do 100 meters and run 100 meters as fast as I possibly can." And then I completely forgot. <coughs> so, so you never did it. Challenge. Keep keep me accountable. I'm gonna do this. Well, you know what we should probably do? We should probably have a race. You v me. And since I've been. Oh, yes. <laughs> we should totally have a race. Let's try and get that rolling on the uh, Open Road Pod Insta story. Yeah, yeah, that's week. definitely a good idea. There was actually one time. <laughs> our sprints. <laughs> I think it was on the very first RV trip where Jamie, I, oh man, I'm going to get this wrong, but two guys were going to race and it took like the whole trip for them to build up the courage to race and there were just chirps flying it's back and forth. It's a weird thing. I remember doing it like in, in school like five years ago yeah. i raced somebody on a beach or something and it was like <laughs> intense like man, oh I yeah done this in a really long time and it's kind of like you know so clear winner loser oh yeah as clear as it gets you're yeah. either faster or you're not and there's good bragging rights i think for who's faster it's nice to be fast i guess so jerry we're talking today <laughs> a little bit of what it means to be a man what it means to be a man well, kind of. It, it, I mean, that's kind of goes along a little bit with our guest today. We're going to yes. get into that. It's going to all make sense. Um, we're talking about, you know, kind of catering to the man market. Um, yes. I'll, 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 I'll share something with you. This past weekend, I tried something that I had never done before, but been doing some research and uh, I had an excuse to have some. We had some people over here for a barbecue. It was my wife's birthday. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to try and smoke some meat doesn't get any manlier than smoking meat. <laughs> and I gave it a shot, and it was really a lot of fun. Really? I highly recommend it, Jer. I did end up seeing your Instagram story about uh, about what you were doing there, and I couldn't quite tell what was going on. Did you well, have charcoal glad about in that a, then. Yeah, could you? Or are you, what is well, it, a top well, secret Well, here's thing? the deal. It's not top secret, but I mean, I, I, I had to do some pretty good research to figure out how to do it properly because I have a propane barbecue. Right. And basically, I kind of had to Frankenstein it to make it into a smoker. Right. And so, so, like, can you give us at least a little bit of what you did? Well, it's all about indirect heat, right? So I basically have this little steel container that I put my wood chips in, and then I put, remove the grates of my barbecue and stick that in the very bottom of the far left corner. And yeah. then I put a grill back on the barbecue, but on the far right corner. So, uh, and then just light that sucker up, and that's really about it it's pretty primitive i realize now like my thermometer on my barbecue sucks and was really hard to track 
Well, and probably if it's low and low and slow heat, it's not. Uh, yeah, it's like two hundred, two fifty, right? So it's really hard to. Is that how hot that. it got though? Ah, uh, that's well, yeah, that's how hot it got because that's kind of what I was told it should work as far as how long I had it on there. And so, what kind of meat did you do? I did. Uh, I w- I was gonna do like a big giant uh, brisket which yeah. is kind of like really classic and it's like 13 hours on the smoker and then I was called my dad cuz my dad's like an ultimate meat smoker and he's like you got to learn to crawl before you run. So I was going to say dude that would have been insane. <laughs> so he got me onto uh chicken thighs and sausages which okay. I did for like 4 hours and it right. they turned out beautiful. Did it taste pretty good? It's weird it t- they tasted really good and you think like they're just you're just drying the crap out of these things cuz like right. they're in there and it's smoky and it's dry and and then you cut it open and it's so unbelievably moist. It's so weird. Really? Yeah, really. So yeah. I'm I, I'm jazzed on it right now. I'm looking forward to the, my next excuse what my next my next uh you know grilling uh smoking adventure is going to be. Yep, that sounds like a that sounds like a good thing. Now you were you were telling me that it was ultimate dad weekend. Is that because you think smoking is a dad activity? Kind of, yeah. I mean, I think dads are kind of really good at finding an activity that is home based because they yes. have to be at home on the Saturday. Right. And so I was kind of doing that was actually on the Sunday, but the Saturday I was getting everything ready, and then uh, Saturday I kind of had an, another sweet little home thing happen. Is that my my bees swarmed, which yeah. means that the uh, the hive uh, split and uh you know went up a tree and Dang. my neighbor noticed it i saw my neighbor in our backyard he was like looking up at the sky and so i wandered out there and asked him what he was doing and he saw that my bees were like swarming up around this tree so i uh you know got really inspired and i tied a box around my waist and brought a saw up and uh climbed this gigantic tree and shook the bees all into the box and re- you know Captured them back. And you legitimately did that? I did that, yeah. I got And it back. worked? It worked. And they're now living back in the hive? Well, no. You don't put them back in the hive because they escaped from there and didn't want to be there. So I brought them back down and kind of then you have to start a new hive with them. And they were right. chilling in my yard for like two days. And then I went and got some more beekeeping supplies from this dude. And I think I told you about this. I, bought, I found this guy. I called like the local college. Yeah, I know that they do beekeeping there, and they patch me through to like this dude named something, and because uh, he sells bee boxes, and then yeah. I ended up like meeting up with this guy and buying bee beekeeping equipment out of the back of his Westphalia, which was <laughs> so good, Jer. It's just that is so pure good. adventure. That is pure adventure. And so I got all this stuff back home, and then I'm like so excited to set it all up and like get this you know second hive rolling. I go to my little nuke box where I have this uh, little mini colony, and they're all gone. What? So they left. They abandoned me. Yeah. So they swarmed again. Yeah, uh, I don't know. They just left, Jer. I don't. I was so discouraged. And this is after you literally risked your life by climbing up a 40-foot tree. Quite literally. I was thinking about this after I got down, and I'm like, man, there is no way I would have climbed a tree like that for pretty much anything else in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so I would never do that for work. What if your son was up there? May- yeah, but I mean, like, then I feel like, oh, if you got up there, I can get up there. But, like, it was super sketchy, like, old tree that I'm climbing up. Dude, um, you sent me a picture of this tree, and you pointed to where you were in this I know, tree. I couldn't I know. believe it. I know. It was not safe to do that. But then kind of my the way I was able to do it is I just kind of kept telling myself it was one of those like spruce trees that's really thick. Like It was really hard to climb up there. And I just right. kept telling myself, like, oh, if like I do like break a branch or slip, like... I'll get caught up pretty quickly in this. Like I, I'll, <laughs> I, I won't hit the ground for sure. Like I'll be able right. to grab something. Right. So that was kind of nice. And was it pretty exhilarating? It's kind of exhilarating. Like there was this like it looks like a giant. It was a bit the ball of bees is about the size of a football, and then it's like about four inches from your face. And I just right. like, shook the branch as hard as I could, and they all fell into my box. So that's kind of cool. Did you get stung at all? I did not get stung once because they wow. uh, before they swarm they gorge themselves on honey and they're really docile. So, yeah, it's really cool. Wow, dude, the, 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 there was a theme that's emerged in our conversation so far, and that's okay. excitement and adventure comes from reconnecting with our youth. 
Remember Jared, when you would run for fun, when you would climb trees for fun? Why don't we do that anymore, man? All of this happened in the comfort of my backyard, too. Right? How could talk, all this fun stuff happen? To talk about everyday adventures. It's, it's just incredible. Yeah, it was it was incredible. And, you know, now me having, you know, been a, been a homeowner for a couple months now, uh, I went out to Canadian Tire today to get a nice uh, wood splitting axe and was splitting Jared, wood Jared, in the backyard. Jared, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up. Tell our American listeners the awesomeness of Canadian Tire. Oh, my goodness gracious me. I mean, for our American listeners who don't know what Canadian There's Tire is. There's literally no comparable store. Yeah, there isn't really, is there? No. Um Picture the best store you would ever want to go to. Like, you know how Calvin said he can't find a social media that really works for him at the beginning of this episode? That's kind of what Canadian Tire is for anything that, to be perfectly honest, any man, woman, or child would want. You sometimes see Canadian Tire as a guy store because there's like tools and um, yard work stuff and paint and, you know, homeowner homeowner stuff. But. My wife loves Canadian Tire probably more than I do. And it's not Home Depot. They're vi- it's not at all like Home Depot. No, 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 no. Yeah. They have a great garden center usually. There's always great seasonal stuff. It's like yeah. one of Canada's retail wonders. Great um, sport, like fishing equipment. Oh, yeah. Everything. They have guns there. Yeah. They do. Yeah. So, anyway, It's anyways, pretty cool. It's a very cool place. So, so, so you're, anyway, I was you're there. You're Tire. And, yeah, I mean, and I... Did you, were you I, able to, you know, first thing when you walk into Canadian Tire, obviously you hit those sale baskets. Well, you see, have that to was the thing. Those. If you don't go in with a mission, you will spend too much money. So I literally needed one thing, and that's all that I bought. Okay. I walked straight there and straight out because that's I knew. Fair. I knew that I could get caught up, and then it would be a disaster on the visa bill at the end of the month. So Yep, yep. Uh, but, yeah. I so mean, what did I you got, get? I just got this wonderful um, uh, wood-splitting axe. Because I got this great little fire pit in the backyard and this wood supply that was left by the previous owner. But the chunks are just a little bit big and uh, I want the wood to last a little longer. And, you know, everyone's got to have a good axe. You know, if you want wood to last longer, you actually don't split it down. That's defeating the purpose of making wood last longer. No, okay. In in one sitting, yes. but, um, But the pieces are so big that it doesn't, they don't. They don't take really well, if you know what I mean. I know. In such mean. a small fire yes. pit. Yes. Um, so, so okay. anyway, so that was that was the uh, that was the little bit of a, a homeowner's adventure. And now you have an axe. Weekend. And now I have an axe. So I mean, that's just amazing. That's great. That's gonna be awesome for like Halloween decorations and yeah. When you do when you do your fake scarecrow thing, you got it. You got it. Um, but Calvin, one thing that you know has been plaguing um, men uh, for a long time, and yeah. this is not even something that you can get at Canadian Tire, which is absolutely shocking because truly that place has everything. But um, this is something that you brought up to me, and I, and I don't know much about this yet, but um, you're now a father. You talked about having you know these kind of more manly home adventures, and there's just a new stage yeah. of life for you. But mm-hmm. you've also kind of mentioned the fact that like the gear, the baby gear to take care of your son Yes. Is just not geared towards someone uh, like you. It's total wuss. It's would be total, the best way. <laughs> total wuss gear. And would be kind of the, the best way to describe baby it's, gear. It's not it's not that, you know, some guys don't like wuss baby gear. It's just the fact that there are other guys out there that maybe want some unbelievably awesome baby gear catered to them. Uh yeah, Jer. Okay. So yeah. Calvin yeah, tell yes like, on every I mean, how, I don't know how we got onto this. I mean, but but I'll give you a, a quick example. We went out for dinner tonight, and we walked there. And, I mean, there's this thing that I could have worn yep, yep. to put the baby in. Yep. But, no, I had that kid <laughs> in my arm the entire time. What was because the just, thing, Calvin? Just some rig, right? Some, like, wuss rig <laughs> that you're supposed to wear. And it just, you know, you, you see dudes wearing this, and I just can't handle it. So, so, but, so my question is, is there a solution out there, Calvin? Well, there is a solution out there, uh, and I didn't find it. Did you find it? Did someone I, send it to you? I don't know. I, I someone sent found it, it to me, and I just thought, like, whoa, there's a somebody out there that had the same thought, and then actually did something with it. Yes. To, to, so to, to better humanity and society, and they made it. some super badass dude rig to put your baby in. Basically, it looks like a parachute backpack or something. And that person, special is- ops, whatever. Yeah, you got it. And that person is Andrew Wallenberg, and he is coming on the podcast in just a minute. He started yes. a company called Mission Critical that makes unbelievable 
baby gear for dads. Should we bring him on? Let's do it. All right, here's Andrew. All right, on the Open Road Podcast, yet another interesting guest, as we always seem to uh, bring up people out of the dust. Here we have Andrew from Mission Critical. What is Mission Critical? Take it away. All right, hey guys. Thanks for having me. Um, so Mission Critical is a brand geared towards dads. We we make a baby carrier specifically for dads and then a bunch of gear that complements it. JR, you gave me or got me, I guess you sent me an email with, uh, with the Mission Critical and I was very intrigued. One of our former um, podcast guests was featured wearing this rig and it is the baby carrier that I've never seen before in my life. Uh, so probably one of my main parenting laments as Jeremy, you pointed (laughs) out was there is no like good gear for dads. So it was just very interesting. This whole thing. Yeah. And we saw a pic of one of our former guests wearing one of these things. And I was like, man, this is exactly what Calvin needs. And then I went on your website and it was all about adventure gear for dads. So why don't you even tell us a little bit about like, how did you discover this need yourself? Yeah, well, I'm, I've always been a big adventure. I like to try and turn anything I do into an adventure just because awesome. why not make life fun? And <laughs> so for me, I was, um, I was in the process of rehabbing my back for a back injury. And it was kind of a similar time. I, my brother was having his second daughter. And um, they had me wearing a weight vest, and the idea was to have equal weight front to back okay. for good posture. So I started thinking, why don't they make a baby carrier like this? So that's and weighted then, in the back as well, so that you're not kind of pulled forward? Yeah, exactly. So okay. with our day pack, which you can attach to the baby carrier itself, yeah, then you yeah. can put all the gear for parenting in the back. And oh. yeah, so. So it helps to sort of balance things out, which helps your posture. Because, you know, a lot of times you see people either hunched over or arching their back to compensate. So that's kind of where the idea sort of generated. And then, you know, seeing that my brother was a very involved dad, but there was nothing out there for him. And he's a volunteer firefighter at the time, an EMT. I thought, well, why don't we make a baby carrier designed for dads and i started tossing the idea around to people and they loved it so there i went on a journey man and so <laughs> a grand really cool. adventure what like what, what was that like getting into i mean you're getting into textiles and design and designing something that's like wearable so i mean really specific how did you kind of tackle all of that Plus, the you world know, of babies is, like, insane, where it has to be safe to the nth degree, so that's a, a big hassle. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people say, had they known now what what was going to be entailed, yeah. they might question <laughs> whether or not they would have gotten into it. So right, I, right. You know, but, but um, at the time, I had been working on another project, and I wasn't getting the same response from people as mm. I did when I started telling them, oh, I'm going to make a baby carrier for dads. And was it a skateboard for babies or something? Yeah, skateboard for babies. (laughs) It's like all these terrible baby ideas. (laughs) Finally, one the high liability products. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, and so I just decided to go for it and basically started sharing the idea, you know, and, and people were responding and one person knew a designer. And so I would meet with that designer and start that process. And it just was, you know, to use your buzzword, it was this great adventure of of sharing an idea and having people just kind of point me in the direction and just yeah. go for it. Hmm. And uh, what were some of the things that enabled you to actually follow that that journey? Were you have you always been entrepreneurial? Did you have other things on the go? Is this what you do full time now? No, you know what? It's funny. I mean, I went to school for architecture. Uh, I did that for a while out out of school, and then I sort of got into um, some landscape design and permaculture and animal tracking and um, bird language and a bunch of other things that had really nothing to do with this. Right, right. But um, I always have had an eye for design and an interest in design and um, wanting, you know, to start my own company. 
Wow. So, oh, that's really cool. That's very cool. Going I, back yeah. one second, with the bird language, do they have all the answers, the secrets to the universe? They do. Yeah, so it's a, a big field of study right now, eh? Yeah, it is. <laughs> and I think it's uh, worth looking into. They have some good stuff to share. Uh, and, and I have one, this sidetracked me a little bit here. I had one other side story about animal tracking. So this past weekend I was up north and there were a ton of beavers on this lake where I was. And these beavers would kind of climb up on shore and they're big creatures. I don't know if you did yeah. any beaver tracking, but it, they left this like interesting kind of um, mark in the dirt as they climbed and dragged their bodies up the up the uh, up the side by the lake. And then I looked around the lake and I saw a bunch of other marks like this and... I felt so just, I don't know. I just felt like I had new knowledge about uh, how to track animals. I'm like, oh, there's a sign that a beaver was there. Is um, it like a pretty recognizable so <laughs> track or does it be, look like well, a big drag it, mark? Yeah, it just looked like the body of a beaver dragged okay. up the side of the thing. But anyways, this is a total aside, but that no, animal tracking is probably pretty fun. They're nasty. Yeah, eh? I think, <laughs> well, I think it's design, right? Because all of a sudden you notice something on the landscape right. and it becomes a mystery. Right. Yes. And if you give give yourself the time um, to be there and, and, and discover what it is, you get to start to put a story together. Yes. Right. So I, I by you know, tracking in sand and seeing where someone's footprints went, that's pretty straightforward. I kind of had that down. But a lot of the people that I was with were were truly experts and could tell a story, had spent the time and, and effort. Um, to really get an idea of what was going on. And sure. for me, being in that environment, I think really influenced um, my ability to, to go with design and look at a situation, right? And, and dig into what is the story and help sort of yeah. build a brand and build a, a story around that brand. So I think everyone should give it a try. Nature has a lot of cool stuff to share. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I'm with you on that tangent. No, that's very cool. Um, yeah, and I mean, even we looked around and saw different beaver dams, and and it's. It, I was like, what would happen if you followed this thing for three days and just learned its habits and whatnot? I think there's so much, like you say, that can be learned from from nature and from what's out there. So anyway, yeah. That, that's Andrew, aside, Calvin, uh, you had a question. Yeah, uh, Andrew, I want to maybe just touch on get your take on kind of the baby market in general. I mean, this is something now. You've got into, I mean, what a crazy place buying crap for babies. Uh, as I've just kind of learned and figured out, it is absolutely endless. And the stuff we've got is crazy. Half of it we don't even need or want. Um, where are you, like, what, what do you think about all that? And then kind of getting into, you have a niche product and something that you've specifically designed for, I kind of feel like you're, thing is like for dudes like me that hate the crap yeah uh, well congratulations on becoming a dad oh, thank first you Paul yeah and um you, you know it's funny again I I had the idea and just ran with it right and yeah. then and then all of a sudden I realized oh my gosh I'm in the baby industry right right <laughs> you know and I came up from air for air and looked around and was like you know you go I to a trade show and, and, you, and you see all these different products and everything, and it's just, it's mind-boggling. Oh, right? I, can't, I can't even imagine what a trade show would be like. That would be a, <laughs> just sounds like a bizarre place. I mean, do you think you would ever, like, do you think your product would suit well in, in like, a Baby's R Us or something? And do you think it would even do well there? Yeah, I think so. I mean, um you know, we have some retailers that are interested. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you know, one of the things we really wanted to do is really stand out, right? See if we could yeah. cross this barrier into being gear for dads. Yes. Because the thing that I noticed, well, the thing that I've noticed for myself is um, I've always been comfortable with gear. You know, I did rock climbing, yep. search and rescue early on, and and so many of those things revolved around the gear for safety. Yeah. And so I, that's why I asked myself the question, is there a way to sort of translate parenting or parenting gear um, into this like safety, real gear, something that dads are used to, like right. you guys on, yes. on your adventures and your, you know, nice backpacks and tents and things like that and bring from the outdoor industry into the baby industry 
to mm. create like a new product and and um, something that's extremely durable because of the materials and whatnot, but yeah, also yeah. is gear. So it's cool, and you trust it just from the you know. Well, your and experience. I think the, the cool thing about gear in general is that I mean, dudes love gear, but they also like to kind of <laughs> yeah. customize it and make it their own. And, and yep. kind of just know, like, if you ask any guy that's into camping, like, he knows his 70-liter pack inside out. And it's just, it's very yep. cool to have someone go through all that. And, and I love those pics of, like, an exploded view of a, of a well-packed pack. And so I think yeah. there's something there that, I mean, dudes just have this, um, I don't know, this inner longing for good gear. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the other element and why I went with the modular setup is that, you know, parenting is new, right? All of a sudden, there, there's a man. If you want to become an EMT, there's manuals. Someone's going to teach you. There are right. steps. And, you know, obviously, there are a lot of unknown situations that arise in the field. Parenting, you can read as many books as you want, but but nothing seems to be able to prepare you for the, the adventure that, that is sure. parenting. And so with our gear, I thought, let's eliminate one of the variables, right? Let's give you something you can customize so that you know where everything is, that you can rely on the gear. So then you, your main focus can be your child and you don't have to worry about where something is, where your diaper is or right. Right. changing pad or something like that. So it was, again, it was um, removing barriers to like connection. So the focus could be on your child. Right. Right. And I'm not a parent, by the way. <laughs> Which I'm is kind of even more uncle. hilarious that you're in this. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically a long, you know, I'm trying really hard to prove to my wife I'll be a good dad one day. I'm like, I'll start a baby carrier brand. You know, what else can That's I do amazing. to show you? No, I'm just kidding. So how did kind well, of the, it, uh, like the beta testing evolve? Like, did you, you, you were working with your brother, like having him test drive a few products that you made? Okay. Yeah. Quick, funny story. One of the early prototypes, I had just brought it back. I, I was visiting him and his family in Colorado yep. and everyone goes outside and my niece, um, I say, Hunter, can you come and test this out? And I put her in the carrier <laughs> And she gets this sad look on her face and shakes her head and just goes, no, no, Ruru. <laughs> and it was like Worst this possible review. heart-crushing, you know, moment. That child <laughs> honesty, on. just a dagger. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was a dagger to the heart. But now now she loves when I tell her that story. Oh, she thinks good. it's hilarious. And, but, yeah, basically anyone that we know um, with kids, we've hit up for testing the product. Oh, sure. And, sure. you know, um, bribe everyone, all our friends on Facebook. <laughs> How long have you been doing this for now? So it's we've been uh, selling since basically February of 2015. And it was a little over a year of development before that because um, there are a lot of strict regulations with baby products, which is a good yeah. thing. Yeah, so what's yeah. that world like? Um, and as far as, I mean, does it get different because it's a wearable unit or anything? Yeah, you know, there are um, there are standards that you have to follow right. that, that do everything from strength testing and material testing to mm. labeling and things like that just to to ensure the safety of the product and for the child and the parent and all that and um yeah the kind of stuff that keeps you up at night when you first learn about it yeah yeah as far as liability uh, i'm sure yeah well liability and just it was my goal to tackle every challenge to create the safest product mm -hmm. possible because i didn't want um anyone to get hurt obviously so yeah. yeah that was a main focus yeah oh, yeah, yeah and that's interesting sure. too right because the same with the whole car seat world you can have the safest car seat possible if it's not used properly or totally. if it's not sorry put in properly like you know if it like this is promoting adventures with your baby last last episode calvin and i were talking about like what's the appropriate level of risk and whatever now dads are going to think they could be way riskier when they have their baby in your unit and right. are going to go somewhere and, you know, these crazy dads take their kids somewhere and you wouldn't believe the harness he was wearing. <laughs> well, yeah, we we like to trust that parents are of course, smart of course. and don't want to endanger their children. But, you know, you also <laughs> want to get out and 
walk a trail and and teaching your kids about nature is is so important and spending time outside and all that mm-hmm. you're learning yeah. about the beaver slides and, and exactly uh, yeah. So is it secure enough to go skydiving with your baby in that thing? I'm just going to say no comment. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. That's so much better than a no. <laughs> However, if it is in the airplane, you may mistakenly pick up the uh, baby carrier instead of a parachute and jump out because they look very similar. <sighs> yeah, well, <laughs> again, you know, as a manufacturer, <laughs> I want to say do not endanger the life of your child. Come on. Oh, we're so sorry, Andrew. We're really <laughs> gonna get you in trouble here. You're doing well. No. Uh, yeah, no. Um, there's got to be some some really good stories that have come from dads who have been able to take their babies on adventures. Do, do any come to mind? Like, I'm sure you get a lot of customer success stories. You know, it's super cool. So we had a guy contact us early on who ended up becoming our first brand ambassador. Oh, cool. Okay. And he was a stunt man. And so he he was awesome because he just had so many cool ideas and uh, would just send me all these pictures of him just exploring out in um, the wilderness in Southern California and cool and uh, you, you know um, yeah so that was exciting and I I think the the one of the biggest things the thing that really gets me is seeing the photos of our customers using the product all around the world. Yeah, uh, and just having these cool moments, and or even using it as an excuse to go outside, um, mm. and then getting emails from dads who say, "Thank you so much. You know, this is the only baby carrier where my child will sleep in." Or, mm. you know, those those are the kinds of things that really make it exciting and and feel good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's been such an interesting, uh, interesting road. Is there also a particular point in time for you when it was the most difficult? Obviously you've come now to a place where you have a product, you're starting to chat even with retailers and in many ways you're probably right on the edge of exploding if you haven't already. But looking back on the last couple of years, what was the most challenging part for you? Wow. That's a good question. You know, because at the beginning, um, even just responding to emails, like the number of questions that was asked of me, you know, went from zero to 50 to a hundred and you know, that's overwhelming, but then you build up a stamina with that. And then the next challenge comes. So it's, I, I would say that, um, in the, in the moment, it seems almost like everything is more challenging. Like how could this be challenging? But then you face it and it becomes easier and you build strength in it. So yeah. the whole process for me has been a really an inner journey of challenging the voice that says, oh, you can't do this. Mm. And discovering that I can, there's always a solution and it's okay to ask for help and seek guidance from people. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's probably, it's been my process, but I also becoming an entrepreneur, I have learned how to cry again. I mean, you hit these moments <laughs> yeah. of just utter despair where you're like, how, how am I ever going to figure this out? Yeah. And, you know, um, one process that I've had is when I reach a point where I can't come up with a solution, when my brain just stops working, I shut the computer and I go outside. Mm-hmm. Right. And I try to go on some kind of adventure and just totally switch gear and um, clear my mind and discover something like you were saying with the beavers or do some beekeeping and it's almost magical like the the second I really get in the moment I forget about the problem I was dealing with Mm -hmm. a solution always seems to arise Hmm. so it's um, it's a rewarding process that's been fun to sort of test over the last three years right sure oh that's really cool Yeah. yeah Um, do, do, do you find yourself, I mean, you have a, uh, kind of a creative mind, no doubt. And so you were, were, were you big in kind of the overall product design? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, I worked with an amazing designer and, um, sort of, he took my vision and, and had the experience and yeah. the soft goods and How, was able to sort of translate it. Do you ever, do you find yourself at all like 
like you have products now they're done they're on shelves do you find like like you ever get this feeling like ooh like i would i want to change that now or i want to do something kind of different or different pocket style like do you ever kind of come across like new and evolving design ideas i mean it's like you're in my head right now one of the biggest <laughs> challenge one of the biggest challenges is being excited about what is here right while also designing for the future right okay so i think that's that is probably as a designer one of my biggest challenges yeah you know because i'm always thinking about how things can evolve and what are new right. products that we can create and what are and you at know, a certain point, you just have to get something out there, and it's probably never going to be perfect. But you have to, you have to start somewhere. Absolutely, anyone thinking about do it, doing it right. is just starting, and then, you know, listening to feedback and just letting it evolve, and mm -hmm. um, trusting that you don't know everything. So the more feedback that you can get, the the faster you you can really dial in something good. Is yeah. your dream to get Jay Z just slapped up with this stuff and? <laughs> <laughs> walking around with babies in it yeah oh every dad you know a twin carrier <laughs> yeah, yeah i don't know about a twin carrier but uh <laughs> that's a lot to handle um what but yeah you yeah, just talking about even weight one in the front one on the back done hey, yeah. there you go weight distribution oh well played well played actually i know i can't give away these ideas calvin we can start our own uh that's true our own company <laughs> no we'll sell you that idea for forty dollars all right, that sounds good. Bitcoin. It's funny we get requests for that. We I think we had a request for like quadruplets carrier. Like, okay, let's drink. You gotta draw the line somewhere, guys. You know what? But, you don't. You you don't want to be carrying those four kids at the same time. No, no, and that's also a fun thing. Is just the the stories the customers share with us, mm, or just, sure, or requests that they have, or questions, or there's so it's so yeah. much fun. What's and, Andrew? You alluded. Oh, go ahead. Kyle. No, go ahead. No, oh, I, go ahead. I, I was gonna go on a, in a different direction. Well, I was, I was too. So I'll go on my direction, then okay. you can go on yours. I, I, you know, you've alluded to a lot of different stuff so far in our conversation, um, <laughs> and you know, you've been a, an adventurer for a long time, and you even mentioned something about search and rescue. So I'd love, uh, you know, an Andrew story of of adventure of something that you've done that's been uh, exciting or you know just a, a totally total aside adventure story from you if you have one uh, on hand sure um well i have a lot of stories but since you mentioned search and rescue uh that was a pretty pretty cool moment so and it was actually in high school the end of high school i ended up joining um hold on let me just check my volume here yeah no worries okay um i ended up uh, i was a big rock climber I did um, some some backcountry medical training and ended up joining the Bay Area Mountain Rescue Unit, which was located in the area and associated with the sheriff's department. And so it was a it was a process of of um, getting involved with them. And my first night on call, you know, literally the pager was delivered to my house. You know, four o'clock, sitting down to dinner, and my mom says. Wouldn't it just be terrible if your pager went off in the middle of dinner? And I mean, I know you know how this is going to go. <laughs> Within minutes, the pager goes off. And it was it was February of 98 and so I got called out and I was like, "All right, I was pumped. You know, you're in you're young, you're in high school. Oh, yeah, you got the juice. All my gear, all my your gear's ready. Buzzing. Oh yeah, pager. I mean, how cool is that?" <laughs> <laughs> like and uh, so I was the first one from the team. I show up at the sheriff's department. I, I'm, I get, up, get set up with some guys from the sheriff's, and we're off. And it was a wild night. It ended up being one of the largest storms uh, in years. And it turned out that the guy that was driving our truck was, like, known in search and rescue as being a wild man. And <laughs> it, it was so much fun. So we end up going to Skyline, which is... So where I live, there's there's a, a mountain range between me and, and the uh, mountain range is maybe aggressive. There are some hills okay. between me and the coast here. Call and, it a big mountain range. Yeah, let's go. It's it's huge, and so I mean the night started and we're up there and we're on the skyline ridge there and we're driving along and all of a sudden he just hits the brakes and I'm sitting in the back of this um, four door 
search and rescue truck, hits the brakes. You know, I have no idea what's going on, and there is a tree that has blown down across the highway. I mean, huge. Next thing I know, you know, I'm jumping out, I'm sparking road flares and running up the road and sticking them <laughs> out in the middle of the road. You know, the kind of, it was so much fun. And, the, and, uh, and then a crew came to remove that, and then we go on the other side of the, the hill towards the coast, and, um, and we pulled off on this one spot where there had been this little mudslide, and we're checking it out to make sure that we can get through, and all of a sudden we hear this popping crackling we're like what is that and he goes hit the deck so i like jump on the floor in the back of the truck you know everyone else scatters and hits the hits the ground and a tree falls behind us Dang. i mean and comes inches from hitting the vehicle wow now wow. mind you we're in the middle of a mudslide this tree has just blocked the route out behind us so we have no option but to go keep going so he just jumps in the vehicle, hits it. We hit a rock, dents the truck, but we make it out. <laughs> I mean, and this is just like the beginning of the night. Then we go. <laughs> is your ultimate witness. goal to rescue a person in distress here? Uh, you know, I don't know. I was just really along <laughs> for the ride. Somewhere <laughs> out there. Sounds like they're, they're running into the middle of a storm to need to be rescued. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know what? Looking back, it does sound like that. But, you know, in the moment, it was just this grand adventure. And, I mean, long story short, we end up uh, going into this small town of Pescadero and evacuating the town because it's flooding. So I got to, you know, help a bunch of the um, locals with, like, a... They call it, like, swift water rescue. Basically, like, a three-legged race and get them to a truck yep. where they were evacuated and um and you know we were out and i got home eight the next morning and i mean my first night on call and everyone was going that was the biggest call out that we've had in the history oh that is so <laughs> cool i mean oh it was so I, much fun i've I, said I this hooked. before to jeremy but there's something just about disaster where i feel i thrive in disaster and do really well and i just it just excites me to this level. And even if it is something just like, I don't know, truly tragic, it is. there is still a little bit of excitement that kind of stirs inside me. So I'm not sure if this you, is my... You know what you know. I think it is? Like, I think what it does is everyone, you know, we build up these stories mm -hmm. that, that carry us. But there are these moments in time where we're all human. And you go towards your instincts and you're in the moment. And I think that those kind of events cause that, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's you're on a mountain and you're rock climbing right. or it's some intense storm and you're out in the middle of it, but it just, you're just there in the moment and you're experiencing yeah. it on all your senses. Yeah, there's certain things in life that kind of are the great level setter for all humanity, right? No matter if you're rich or yeah. poor or black or white or whatever in right. the middle of a massive storm everyone is you know trying to stay safe you right. know there's a bunch of different things in life and a disaster is surely one of those things that's totally out of your control that just you yeah. know reminds us all about how small we really are yeah so true hmm. and in fact a quick side story i mean last night my wife and i went out to dinner and in the middle of dinner you know we're having a conversation and she, we're, we're going, oh, man, we're busy, and we have all this stuff going on. And then all of a sudden, across the room, this guy starts screaming. I mean, like, in pain screaming, and the restaurant just comes to a grinding halt. Oh, yeah. And, I, and, and we think that he was having a seizure, right? And, I mean, it was dead silent, and everyone's concerned. And, you know, this happened at Stanford Shopping Center, which is next door to Stanford Hospital. So there were like four doctors and nurses, right. which was which was great. But it created this, like, it just snapped us out of the moment. The stuff yeah. we were talking about before didn't matter. And, Interesting. And, you know, it was fascinating. Um, and luckily, the guy ended up getting up and walking out. I don't know what the outcome was but <laughs> it was intense and it just it impacted everyone there that witnessed yeah it. yeah yeah oh that's really uh, interesting yeah i, uh, I hear you yeah. i guess um 
Yeah, no, I, I, I was, I think I said this probably in, in a previous episode. I recently just did a bunch of like first aid training and mm-hmm. a lot of it, like I had done years and years ago as a teenager. Um, but now like, but I, I didn't really didn't remember any of it. So I had to do some for work and man, it's like, this is like basic human instinct, instinct information that we should really all have, but I didn't know how to like operate a <laughs> defibrillator before I do now. And like, just like basic CPR, like kind of feel like everyone should know this stuff as I was, you know, learning it myself. Yeah, I agree with you. It should be common knowledge. Kind of. Yeah. So we can. And it gives you, doesn't it give you sort of a level of peace to know that if a situation like that that might be out, uh, otherwise out of your control, you can at least help out. Yeah, it, it have does. Have some idea what's going on. Yeah, no, it, it's it's kind of yeah, it is a nice little pe- peace of mind. Well, that's cool. Yeah, gotta be, gotta be ready for whenever disaster may strike. We had a guy on the, oh, on the man, podcast taking a turn. <laughs> no, we we had a guy on the podcast who was a prepper. I don't know if you know uh, what preppers are there. You know, oh, essentially yeah. get get ready for disaster. So we had some definite interesting conversation uh, around a bunch of that stuff. Um, w- one other thing that you have in common with Calvin is uh, a love for beekeeping. Yes, True. that's right. But y- Calvin, y- so how how's your colony? Do you have questions? He seems to be. Uh, so you know, I I, I actually do have a question. It's very it's kind of a technical question. I would love to actually pick your brain about it after we're done here. Um, so <laughs> yeah. slightly funny story. I was Saturday. Saturday I was like in my beehive. It was a really nice sunny day, and I thought, okay, I should go do like a like a, a brood box inspection. So I was picking nice. apart, and I saw some like odd activity in there. So close it up. Um, What's co- odd activity for bees? Ah. Uh, it's like I just saw some like queen cells being made, and yeah, it, uh, and it like seems really early in the season, um, so I was really nervous about swarming or something. But it's n- like we just finished; like there was still snow on the ground two weeks ago, um, where we are. So it's super early. Um, anyways, I called you know a guy in the area that I know, and and I wanted him to come and have a look and. Uh, Talking about disaster, I'm like bombing down the road in my truck, and I thought, oh, I should, and I was stopped at a bridge, and I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna call this guy really quick, and then traffic keeps going, boom, I got busted for talking on my cell phone, Ooh, which is a big dagger here in Ontario. I don't know if it's a big deal for you guys, but like, it it's, is, it's yeah, a five hundred dollar ticket here. Yeah, it's a little less here, but yeah. So uh, bees are really costing me these days. <laughs> so did he slap? He slapped you with the full extent? Oh yeah, oh yeah. For sure. Did you tell him it was you were talking about bees? I, I mean, like, what if he was a beekeeper? That sometimes so is a loophole. Kind of it's funny, like, like a, a club. I had this like. Well, what inst- if he likes vegetables or that, likes nature? Yeah, like, do you like this earth? Like, I'm trying to solve a problem here for all of us. <laughs> yeah, all of humanity. This is bigger, you. This is bigger this than, is bigger than right now. Can right I go, now? please? <laughs> but I did have this like very small part of me, not much of me, but very small part of me, wanting to be like. Okay, I have a split few seconds here that I could put on a show and try and get out of this and tell him something emergency is happening. And I, I was like, oh, like there's a little bit of in me that wants to do this right now, but I, I, I didn't do it. And I was trying to trying to come up with a story like, ah, do I do like a film emergency and then have to go to the hospital? But what if they want to like follow me to the hospital? And I just bit. I think mean, honesty is the best route. I just took it. Yeah, I, I just. Yeah. S- yeah, busted, fair. You knew you were caught. Knew I was caught, and I'm trying to justify it. I've done it before, and so I mean, if I kind of break down all of the times I've done it, I've only worked out to like five bucks a conversation or something. <laughs> <laughs> Do they not have hands free up in your bumble. area? I drive a very old a pickup headset? truck. I mean, you're wearing a headset right now. I know, I know. It's 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 just poor planning. Poor, uh, I, feel poor thought. Yeah. I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. He has no excuse. That's, that's the my thing. first. But Andrew, case. how did you even get into beekeeping? You know, um, my wife and I started talking about it, and and uh, we ended up buying a Groupon. Do you guys have that? Up yeah, there? we do. Is, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So there was a a local guy who was teaching a class, and we went and and did a you know just a couple hour class with an intro to bees, and yeah. um, it was fascinating, and so we were hooked and. 
we ended up finding a local guy in the area who he and his father are both beekeepers and they capture swarms. Okay. And um, so he's just kind of taught us and we started there and it was really exciting because we brought our our new hive back to our house and my wife started noticing unusual activity. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> and I know Again, Jeremy, you're like, what like? is it? what does it look like? <laughs> I don't know. There's just a change in the behavior. Yeah, they're it's so just unusual. Okay, it's, it's unusual. unusual. It's, it's suspect, <laughs> and so and, and and sometimes it's hard to put voice to, but like when you you know you'll see it more and more. But it ended up that we had a um, we had two queens in the yeah, hive. Okay, and so we ended up doing a split, which is basically like nice. a man-made swarm. So within our first two weeks of beekeeping, we ended up with two beehives. Yeah, that is unreal. Um, yeah, they were like, "All right, we like this place. Let's <laughs> let's <laughs> let's establish." Oh, that's awesome. And are they yeah. both doing all right? Um, they have both. Like, when was this? How, how long moved, have you done this for? I think we're in our sixth or seventh. Oh, okay, year yeah. Of so you're oh, reasonably experienced. Y- yeah, so those, um, sadly, those hives are no longer around. Um, we've, you know, we had some spraying for mosquitoes in the area. Yeah, talk about temperamental. Just, like, it, it's so interesting. activity. And, uh, oh, yeah. And, like, so, like, even, like, my neighbors, like, they all spray for weeds and everything. And it's kind of frustrating to kind of, like, well, am I supposed to be now be, you know, picketing my neighborhood and harassing my neighbors? Or what do I do here? Yeah, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Egg them. <laughs> Egg them. Yeah. I know, it's it's one of those things where you start learning about it and you start really seeing what's going on and it's concerning, right? You, well, yeah. It, like, hey, it, people, it opens you up on. to a lot of different avenues and it, yeah, you just become a lot yeah. more aware and yeah, it, they're kind of a good, I, I guess, barometer of the environment kind of and just to see how your little ecosystem that you're living in is doing. Yeah, it was cool for us when we first started. We were super nervous, you know, mm. with the neighbors, and so we went around. And kind did you of tell told your neighbors? Everyone. Oh, you did. Yeah, we did. We did. Yeah. We told them, and um, I mean, honey is the best form of bribery for sure. And <laughs> um, and then one of our neighbors reported back to us, came over and thanked us for having bees because he said he had the best tomatoes that he had had in years. No way! Once we nice. brought bees into that the neighborhood. That is so cool. Yeah, so seeing the impact and, and having the neighbors appreciate it. And then slowly we've figured out, you know, in the neighborhood who else is beekeepers and we're always comparing notes. Yeah, yeah. No, nice. that's really cool. It's a fun and little community of total it nerds. Is. Totally. <laughs> yeah. And then my wife has definitely taken it to the next level with, you know, her two year biodynamic beekeeping certification. And oh, that's amazing. Yeah, so she is she is a bee whisperer and I'm just you know, I'm just right. along for. The, I'm the drone, I guess. I'm just yeah. out <laughs> That's a great assisting analogy. where Chilling. I can. Be joke, yeah. Jer. Be joke. Hey, I I get that one, and you need the drones, okay? Every they, you wh- do. whisperer needs a drone. <laughs> that is true. Don't cross <laughs> yeah. the queen, though. No, do not. Whatever you do. Whatever you yeah. do. Yeah. Um, oh, Andrew, man. as we near as we near kind of the end of our conversation for today, anyways. Um, Something we like to ask all of our guests is, do you have some practical advice for those seeking more adventure uh, in their everyday? Well, I like to turn everything into adventure, even going to the grocery store. So my advice is turn your phone off. Okay. Get as much in the moment as you can. You know, maybe take your shoes off and stand in the grass and um just have fun have fun connecting with people hanging out going out and tracking beavers and spending time in nature and just unplugging yeah Yeah, i i think honestly from one of my big takeaways from our conversation with you is that you know you not having the experience or necessarily the credentials to do something didn't hold you back from pursuing an idea and i think that's just very inspiring for for me at least and i'm sure lots more of our listeners is that you can just try something and and learn along the way and and you can figure it out and of course ask for help like you can network and we all know people that might know someone who is an expert in you know some small little area and uh it's just a i don't know it's easy to get stuck and you know you think you're 
this X and uh, and never really move on from that. Yeah, well, you know, I think we all have that story inside. Mm-hmm. It's the truth. And when you get close to and you start risking sharing what your truth is, it is amazing how like people start showing up for you. Right. And that's it's kind of yeah, it's a scary place to get to, but once right. you do, the universe seems to provide and I don't know. It's exciting. So starting the business has been a serious adventure. That's oh, no I'm sure. Yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in the, like Calvin said, um, you, while in one sense, you maybe don't have the credentials in another much more real sense. Absolutely. You do. And we all do, you know, yes. like there's nothing stopping me from figuring out how to design, develop, produce, manufacture, and get a product to market build a brand blah 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 like that is something that i could do that you could do that calvin could do that anyone listening could do yeah like that's i I think another thing that's kind of popping out in my mind and especially for us as we think about you know the future of the podcast and all of the other interesting things that we're trying to do and um i think that's a helpful thing to uh to walk away with so yeah and playing towards your strengths Right. You know, there there's so many books out there that you can read on how to write a business plan or something. But if you're creative, I think it's ideal to pursue your creativity and do it your own way and see where you can get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love no, it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, Andrew, where can people uh, where can people buy one of these wonderful some Absolutely. of your wonderful baby gear? Yeah, they can visit our website at missioncritical.cc. MissionCritical.cc. Yeah, our full lineup is there, and cool. um, yeah, we. And the the worst question to ever ask someone is like the story behind the name, but I think it's pretty obvious. Mission Critical Parenting is a pretty important thing. Do you believe in the power of parenting? Absolutely, I think it's the most important job anyone can have. Nice. And uh, just a quick plug, because you're a beekeeper. Yes. Our logo, if you notice, is a hexagon, hexagonal which was inspired form. by the bees. Oh, that's yeah. wicked! No way. Yeah. Yes, now I, I see it. The That's inspiration. Awesome. Yeah. That's cool. Awesome, Andrew. Anywhere. Well, thanks, thanks so much for joining us today. This has been really fun and insightful. And uh, next time we're down in California, we'll be sure to uh, stop by. And, and if you would show us the redwoods and your bees, that would be just marvelous. Absolutely. You got yourself a deal. Cool, man. Wonderful. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you, guys. Calvin, finally, someone is doing something about the things that you care about in the world of raising your child. How hilarious. I quite literally could have spent the whole night talking about that guy. <laughs> we had, we like randomly had so many things in common and I just I felt know. like we we're like, we had kind of a shared, you know, chunk of our brain. Oh man. There were so many fun things and getting into beekeeping and it's uh. a guy, it's a guy like him that just has so many stories stored up that if we bring him back on the podcast, it'll be uh, fun to just kind of sh- shoot the breeze a little more casually about uh, all that stuff. But I, I really enjoyed that conversation. Yeah. So cool. I, yeah, there's so many good things there. So, um, another, another quick side note is yep, side note it, me. if you are a new, a new father, uh, just please go to their website and, uh, you know, get, get some gear. Um, I think there might be some stuff in the mail for us. So if and when that comes, we will definitely be sure to take some pics and show the Absolutely. world how awesome and tough and rugged. The their, thing about uh, this stuff is. is, I mean, yeah, you just, you know, I, I've only seen the pictures and that's what I'm going off. But like, it, A, it looks really comfortable. Like it doesn't look like this crazy overcomplicated rig that a right. lot of this baby stuff kind of is, to be honest. And, and so that, that's a huge bonus in, in, you know, a, a guy's world. And then of course, you know, it just looks awesome yeah uh, and, and just fully practical. So just good functional, you know, I just love, you know, that thing trying to, um, you know, sell at those baby expos. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wonder if he gets like chirped by like all the, uh, little, you know, um, baby bottom cream companies oh my or gosh. <laughs> I can't even believe the types of things that he would see at those conferences. Like just the last place uh, uh, that you would want to be it, it, or that I would want to be anyways. It's so funny. But I bet, but he's like the personality where he's just like, all right, we're doing this and it's going to oh, be yeah. awesome. And well, and, and like you say, for every guy that gets dragged out to those things, his booth is absolutely going to be stopped at and oh, he'll probably sure. sell a ton. Because that's the thing. Like there's a, 
there's a guy like this involved in every baby. There's a guy. There's there's it does take two to tango, doesn't it? That's what they tell me. But this is not a sexual education podcast, so we won't get into that today. Or will we? <laughs> um, Special of episode things, coming up. <laughs> speaking of things that are super practical and also uh, just kind of manly, um, uh, we talked a little bit about uh, that fishing weekend that I was on where we I saw that beaver and tracked that beaver. Yes. And yes. At, this, um, at this cottage, Calvin, was an unbelievable cedar hot tub that was heated with a wood stove. That's the dream. That is and the dream, baby. It, it was absolutely perfect there was a pump that pumped in cold lake water there was one valve that then emptied the water out into the lake yep and then there was a wood stove that you filled with wood kept the fire going and it heated the hot tub and man i you know how people say you go for a soak and then you get out and you feel much more relaxed and and rejuvenated i I yeah i i know people say that i had never really felt that from a regular hot tub I but was going to say cannot, the same thing. I, ne- yeah. I always feel kind of gross after. Yeah, it does. it's not really... I mean, it's relaxing when you're in there. I do like hot tubs, don't get me wrong. But I can't even use my words to describe how refreshed I try. Felt. Just try, Jer. Try. So, Calvin, I got out of this hot tub. I put my clothes back on. I took out a little red canoe on this pristine lake. I was just soloing this thing. And my body felt warm to its core. It felt... Uh, like imagine this inner smoothness, this okay. clarity of mind. Please tell me you did not ruin this experience by putting <laughs> clothes on. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a very nice cotton from BC Supply, so it, it actually ah. worked. <laughs> um, but uh, anyways, I, I it, it just felt unbelievable, and it really made me want to spend more time in a cedar hot tub the other thing that probably added to it was i was one of the main people who was keeping the fire hot so you know to know that the heat in the tub was also connected to me and connected to the earth was just i mean just a magical experience i like how you know like a hot tub snob and you have a hot tub. <laughs> so oh, like, are I you am not, am not a hot your, tub snob. Well, you snob. now are a hot tub snob. Oh, well, that's another funny story. <laughs> so uh, Tyrone and Matt Hill came over this past weekend. And um, they just came over for dinner. And we were we had some we didn't know they were going to stay for like the afternoon into dinner. But then it kind of turned into an all day hangout, which was nice. But I had to cut the grass in the middle of the day. So I'm cutting the grass in the front yard. And I don't want to fill this hot tub yet because I don't want to learn the chemicals and the this and the that about uh-huh, it. Uh-huh. These guys cleaned the hot tub and started filling it without me knowing. With the- <laughs> and it's, I can laugh about it now, but to be perfectly frank, it was pretty frustrating because I also found out that now this hot tub leaks and now it is a major problem that I got to get looked at. <laughs> I knew it couldn't be as simple as the previous owners just left a perfectly good hot tub exactly and there's i knew no that too. way like they're no. so d- temperamental those stupid things of course ah what a freaking dagger right so now this is not something i wanted to do like at all for the summer or I- until like the fall and here i am now having to figure out how my freaking hot tub works that i'm kind of still thinking about uh the merits of selling it because you know oh i was not a cheap heartbeat. unit new and it's so. broken Anyways, uh, yes, so here's the thing. Cedar hot tub, manly and amazing and functional. Ritzy hot tub with every jet you could possibly imagine. They suck. I don't know. Come I don't on. know what to say. No. I don't know what to say. The sweet thing about the cedar one, was this like on the edge of a lake? Oh, yeah. This one? It was right, it was yeah, right, right on the Yeah, right, because you said you pumped. Yeah, I know. So that, oh. That's really the only way you can do those things. Because the yeah. whole point of them is that you're basically using the water once, right? Yeah. Or like yeah. you use the water for a weekend or something. Yeah, it's always, you always freshen up you, the water. You don't put any chemicals in. It's just lake water, which is awesome. But, I mean, you can't really do that. You don't want to be like putting your hose in there every weekend. No, it really is a uh, an up north kind of thing. But Yeah, anyways, and it was on worth a it. lake kind of thing. It was worth it, so... Cool. Well, um, well, those are some good adventures, Calvin. I think you know we come to this podcast and we we try to try to talk about having adventure in the everyday, and I we think try. we're I think we're doing it. You keeping your bees has kept you very busy. Oh, um, it really has. You know, using our weekends really responsibly to have adventures is important. I think, and getting our Insta stories is just making sure we're <laughs> Insta story game on. It's just making sure we're doing interesting stuff for the people to see. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
what? Uh, all right, so, wrap it up. Uh, you, I'm wrapped. I'm wrapped up, man. I don't wrapping know. Wrapping it up. All right, to talk um, about. stay tuned, folks. Um, you know, Jared and I, we're, we're we're hitting our bit of maybe it's the weather, maybe it's the summer. I don't know. I'm feeling a bit jazzed on podcast life. Jared has been jazzed a couple weeks previous, and we've been brainstorming. There's going to be some cool stuff coming your way um, for our listeners. Uh, so stay tuned with that. Uh, if you're not on the email list, get on the email list or Those else what? Great. Uh, or else you're not doing it right. You know, <laughs> you're not doing this right. If you don't have, you know, everything and that's, you know, including the email head to our website, plug your email in there. So we have it and then we'll send you uh, an awesome email every week. Yep. And please we check try. out the stuff that uh, Andrew is doing. And if you know a dad who has a young baby and is just, just slogging through this early part of fatherhood where, you know, he's just, uh, you know, up to his eyeballs in onesies and cutesy things and this, that, and the and other. And how about Just... this? Get dad something. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. There's, dad gets nothing. Dad gets nothing. Dad never gets nothing. Oh, speaking of which, um, when you also kind of, I have found that housewarming gifts are always very nice and they're always very lovely, but they're yeah. not always for the dude. No. Guess what my... Uh, Guess what uh, an amazing housewarming gift I got was? Beer? A leaf blower. That's a sick gift. Isn't that unbelievable? Electric? Gas. Battery? Gas. Oh, sweet. Okay. Backpack leaf blower. That's kind of intense. It's so intense and it's so amazing. Was that from your dad? Uh, No, from my uncle. Oh, wow. That's amazing. So, yeah, big, big time win for us. So, yeah, Yeah. get something for dad. Get something for, uh, you know, um, this just seems like we want stuff. Do we just want stuff? Kind of. (laughs) Uh, But anyways, everyone, thank you for listening. Um, uh, Hopefully, you know, after listening to this this episode, you're kind of like, oh, yeah, I want a little bit more adventure. So we would just say to you, do two things. One, share this podcast with a friend. And two, just go have yourself an adventure. I, I was going to say race a friend. Race a friend? Head-to-head challenge this week. It, uh, I'm, I'm going to crush you. That's perfect. Race I'm a friend. I'm going to destroy you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Until next week. See ya. Goodbye.